0: Rewind Football Fantasy <laughs> Fantasy Football Rewind
1: that
2: So I don't have And you gotta try to find the answers. It's like being back in school. Before there was GPS. You had to look around. As opposed to jumping around. Look around, jump up, jump up and get down. I jump around. Remember them kids, kid and play? Back in the day. You listen to Fantasy Football Rewind, hour number two. If you listen On Demand, you missed the first hour. The first hour, we uh, went over Jake Seely's rankings, but now's the good part. Now's the part where we're getting into the top running backs in Jake's rankings. So you don't want to go anywhere. But what I would do is I would make sure I listen to both shows. It was me, but... If you just need the top flight backs, you're in the right place at the right time with the Fantasy Football Rewind. You can also listen to Fantasy Sports News Desk from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Monday through Thursday as well. And both of these shows are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Each and every day, you get out there, and you'll be able to download them. If you subscribe, they go right to your phone, right when they're available. So that is always... The way to go and a way to get excited and make sure you got everything you need when it comes to being ready fantasy football week six week six is there man it's just one of those leagues like if you're two and three a win's imperative like two and four and three and three is a huge difference in a 13 game season huge difference you got to get on the right side and Some leagues, I think people get too crazy and and, and try to do too much and screw up their rosters because you only need to finish one game over 500. I mean, most leagues have the six teams make the playoffs out of 12 or four out of 10. You can make a move, just get one game over 500, and you could be in the playoffs, and then anybody can win at that point. Anybody. That's what I tell people time and time again. It's not who gets there first. It's who's there in the end. That's what it's all about. That's what it's about winning championships. When we come back, we'll have more of the Jake Sealy rankings reveal. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Fantasy Football Rewind. We'll be back with more Rewind right after this short message. So Don't go anywhere. Top quarterbacks and Jake Sealy's projections for weak shit. You don't want to miss this because your friends are listening, your enemies are listening, and probably your opponents. So stay tuned for the more adventure. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada, and this is Jake Seely's Rankings Reveal. He's joined by Justin Boone of the Fantasy Score, and, of course, your guy, Chris Meaney. So back to Jake Sealy, Chris Meaney, and justin boone and we're in the top half of jake's rankings if you missed any of the first half you go to our number one on itunes or google play and get the rankings from jake seeley that guy's been the top of the fantasy sports industry for the last three years and you need to take notice of his projections
4: i, I going to come here today And I was going to be the one who was going to plant the flag and say, DeMarco Murray is a guy you want your lineup this week. He's going to finally have that big game. And Jake has him even higher than I do. Um, (laughs) One thing worth mentioning, uh, last year Murray averaged over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown uh, over the two games against Indy. So even more reason to, uh, to get him in your lineup. I think he's definitely a great play this week.
5: Yeah, me too. Three for three here. I think he's an RB1. I think it's a great buy low. Like now is the time, I think, to acquire this guy, Jake.
3: Yeah, before this game, exactly, yeah. 100%. Definitely, because if he comes out and has a huge game, and there's a lot of kind of these guys, you know, Jordan Howard is still a good buy low because if he didn't, if he didn't have that touchdown call back, people would just be going crazy over Jordan Howard again because if you watch that game, he looked terrific in it. Him, Jay Ajayi, those type of running backs, you look at him because before last week with Melvin Gordon, before he had this huge game, it's as soon as that huge game shows up, people get all excited again. So these are all three of these running backs are kind of in that same conversation as get them before that huge game
5: pops off. Yeah, the, the only thing that the Dolphins can do, right, is stop the run. But this is Atlanta team that is at home, heavily favorites, as we already talked about, maybe a big dose of, of uh, Freeman here. But also we didn't get to Coleman, who's all the way down at 24 RB2. This is like the week that maybe you can play him because these two backs will get a lot of play this week, you figure?
3: Yeah, I, I, look, you can play up both of them every single week. The only problem with Tevin Coleman is he's a little bit touchdown-reliant. And we said, we talked about from last year that the touchdown-to-touch basis, or the fact the ratio, I should say, is something that we didn't expect to carry over because it was just a volume that we never saw before and he really isn't repeatable. But this year, a little bit less, but still productive. He's not somebody that you can trust 100% because there'll be a week where maybe he only gets eight touches, 40 yards, and doesn't score but he's definitely somebody that's been productive and looking to say the offense is running very similar to what it did before now with Sarkisian, so the only thing that they haven't had yet is the touchdowns for Matt Ryan. Yeah.
4: And Yeah, running running backs on teams that are heavy favorites, another guy in the top ten that isn't always in the top ten there, C.J. Anderson. Uh, you know, the Broncos <laughs> are the ones who get to pick on the Giants. Sorry, Jake, but they get to pick on the uh, the Giants yeah. after that it's awful. It's been a rough Matt. week for him. Awful injury <laughs> wave that hit you guys last week. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think C.J. Anderson's in, in good shape uh, game script-wise to just lean on the Giants, and the Giants haven't been great against the the run either this year, so C.J. Anderson's a good top-ten play.
5: Yeah, 139 rushing yards per game allowed. That's the fourth most. Pittsburgh, the fifth most. We already know Fournette uh, is good to go. Yeah, did you happen
3: to notice that, Chris, by the way? Did you notice the only three football Funkos I have behind me are Odell <laughs> Beckham, J.J. Watt, and Marcus Mariota?
5: <laughs> wow, yeah, all these guys. you got Band-Aids all over them. Uh, unfortunate, I mean, even J.J. Watt. We're just losing so many talented players. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It really is. Lamar Miller, shout out to him. That offense has just looked really good since Will Fuller has been back and Deshaun Watson moving the ball. And Lamar Miller has moved inside the top seven in touches in the NFL with 95 just behind Kareem Hunt and Deshaun McCoy. So, Miller has, has turned out to be okay considering, you know, I have him in one league, and after I drafted him, I was like, damn, this sucks. I don't want Lamar Miller, but <laughs> well, it right. the
3: form edition addition of everything I was worried about when they drafted him hurting his value, has actually turned him back into the running back where he was with the Dolphins, whereas the more limited touches makes him more explosive and a better running back.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is the Roto Experts Rankings Reveal Show. Let's switch over. I'm Chris Meaney, Justin Boone from The Score. We were talking to Jake Seely of Roto Experts. This is his rankings, so you can check him out if we don't get to any guys. Uh, I know it's bye week. Some quarterbacks have been pretty frustrating for some people, uh, but I think, like, you know, when we get into the top 20, it's outside of that is pretty weak. Jake, you got to be pretty desperate. But in case we don't get to some of your guys, check out uh, Jake's rankings at RotoExperts.com and uh, give us a like on our YouTube page as well. We appreciate that and all of the awesome comments. So, Jake, let's do it. Uh, let's go from 11 to 20, and yeah, there's no one really. I'm see, I see outside your 20, and <laughs> I know Big Ben is there. Yikes! Uh, if you're a yes. Big Ben owner, you got to go and get somebody else, and we'll see you inside your top uh, or 11 to 20, that there's probably some better options out there.
3: Yeah, Big Ben is staying outside the top (laughs) 20, just like last week. And this one's on the road, even worse. So Jameis Winston's at 11. Carson Wentz, which, like you mentioned, the Lane Johnson thing, might have to refactor his ranking, uh, or at least his projections. Alex Smith, Carson Palmer, Jacoby Brissett again, he's 14 last week, 15 this week. Josh McCown, Case Keenum, doesn't sound like Sam Bradford's playing at least probably for the next two weeks. Uh, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, and Trevor Simeon.
5: All right, so there's some guys here. I mean, if you have Big Ben, if you have you know Derek Carr, and Derek Carr doesn't play, Flacco is here inside the top 20. Uh, you know, jo- Jacoby Brissett, he's been pretty good,
4: for sure. And and he's shown that he doesn't mind throwing downfield, well, and he's doing it fairly well. Hilton's getting involved, and so he's really restored some of the value for at least some of the fantasy guys on that team, um, and completely worthy of of streaming. One thing I will say too about Roethlisberger. Take a look around your league, find that Roethlisberger owner, and if you're the person who's been holding Andrew Luck on your bench, hoping that maybe you can sell him to someone, that Roethlisberger owner is probably going to be willing to do that.
5: (laughs) I would say, at this point, Jake, I mean, you have to look for other options, right? I mean, we said last week that the schedule with a couple home games here and there, but Big Ben, I mean, he's thrown six picks since his last touchdown. He's not looked good.
3: No, he hasn't. And last week was home, but it was home against the Jaguars defense, which at this point... I think people are finally realizing how good that defense is this year. But at the same time, you can't come out after the game and also say, I don't know if I have it anymore. I know he's retracted a little (laughs) bit on that statement. He says he's like one of the
5: best ever now.
3: Yeah, (laughs) uh, I don't buy Ben Roethlisberger. I know that everybody was always talking about the second half and after this week that we're talking about right now against the Chiefs, how many home games he has and all that type of stuff. And this is why you plan to buy low, let somebody else draft him. I just don't see how you even want him on his roster, even with those home games, that things aren't clicking with Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster's outplaying Bryant. I just, I'm not. I don't want anything to do with Ben Roethlisberger.
5: Alex Smith, quarterback two on the season in fantasy. This is as high as I've ever seen him in your rankings, Jake. So this is what it's come to. Big Ben, not, not playable. Like Alex Smith, play him. You don't feel good about it. You no, can't. Every it. time I break
3: secondary is tough. Yeah, very
5: right? tough, yeah, absolutely. They're not giving up really much at all it's in passing yards. In fact, the best in football, 140 yards per game allowed. Um, so it's a tough matchup. They,
3: they deserve to be right there with the Jaguars, the Seahawks, the Broncos. That's, the Steelers deserve to be in that same conversation where, I, I, as you mentioned, the numbers are even better. But in that conversation that people are thinking from a fantasy perspective of, oh, I might want to avoid
4: some of the players this week. Yeah. Um, Kelsey got banged up last Kelsey week. Kelsey get banged Chris up. Chris Conley, obviously not that Conley's going to completely change everything, but another mm-hmm. guy, uh, Conley's out. So some other things to keep an eye on there could affect Smith's value. Uh, and you mentioned you would move Carson Wentz.
5: Uh, I really do like percent. We've already kind of touched on him, but free rushing touchdowns as well. And that's some sneaky value there so far in his game. But for Carson Wentz, you know, Carolina's defense, 194 passing yards against his fifth best in the NFL. They get after the quarterback, 17 sacks tied for third and 214 receiving yards fifth best so with this news with lane johnson how far down would carson wentz drop for you
3: i would assume i know obviously the projections will tell me and that's because i always do that because it takes out the biases you don't do it and then like oh i really like this guy more so i have a feeling if i was just doing by how i feel looking at my rankings i'd put him behind Brissett, right in front of mccown
5: yeah i thought that's where you would go and i agree
4: And it's a a short week, too. Remember, and we joked about this last week, but you know, you always think, you know, oh, it's going to be a huge shootout. Look at the Patriots Bucks Thursday night. Oh my God. And then it turned out to be a a fairly low scoring game, right? So we're talking about another Thursday night matchup. Wouldn't be shocked to see it be a little more low scoring than no we expect. I, agree. I agree.
5: And
3: then we
4: just got, I got an update while we're doing this. Hey, it's the magic
3: of television. Yay. Uh, LaGuardia Blunt will be moving up because Wendell Smallwood wasn't practicing today.
5: Yeah, I, I wondered about Smallwood when you when you said that earlier. I just wondered if he would play on the short week. Uh, so, yeah, tough low, obviously, for, I mean, how, how high would you even put blind? I mean, just a couple spots. He doesn't go into I the RB two range, does he? Again,
3: guesstimation. Because look, look, Garrett Blunt. The fact is, that the volume he's getting, he'd probably be in that Robert Kelly,
4: Mike gillisley range.
5: Yeah, just outside top twenty. Yeah. I feel like that's fair for you too? Yeah, I
4: I would agree. Okay. I'm just trying to find where I have him here. Yeah, I have him 25th, so right around yeah. there. And I didn't have Smallwood in there.
5: Derek Carr. Let's 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 bring him up. Just you know, you said it best, Jake. I mean. The, Surprising if they would even play him, roll him out there. But some reports that I've read is that there's a pretty good chance that Oakland is going to play this guy. So just all systems go if you have Carr. I mean, clearly you would play Josh McCown over him. I mean, this is the game script may be in favor for Josh McCown in this game.
3: Yeah, and that's the truth here is the fact that it's the passing opportunities. Even if Derek Carr plays, do you want him dropping back 30-plus times and risking Ingram and the rest of that front seven coming after him and knocking him out for a couple more games? I mean, this is... The Oakland Raiders, let's remember, they still have playoff aspirations. It's still a very talented team. And the problem is with Derek Carr is twofold. It's not just this, but let's be realistic, too. He's always been overrated fantasy-wise. In real life, I would take him as a top-10 quarterback. If I'm putting a team together and I want a playoff aspiration team, yes, give me Derek Carr. Fantasy-wise, always overrated. He doesn't throw for over 4,000 yards, doesn't throw for mid-30s touchdowns. He's a very good quarterback, but fantasy-wise has always been overrated, I think because of the success of Crabtree and Cooper and the appeal of everything around that team that he kind of gets that assumption from fantasy players that he's better than he really is. Much
4: like his boy, Amari Cooper. A little bit of sneaky (laughs) shootout potential in that game, I feel, too, right? With a divisional (laughs) game and that Raiders defense not being great. Yeah, I mean, we saw Flacco. Watch him come
3: out and throw for 304 touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, the way Flacco came out and was just sort of taking advantage of them downfield. If Carr was in that game, Carr would have had to throw to try to get them back in, and EJ Manuel wasn't really able to. But no, he wasn't. we we could see Carr come out. I. Th-
2: There you have it. The guys getting close to the top of Jake's rankings. Jake Sealy, Chris Meady, Justin Boone. You're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Ciccata. You're here every Monday through Thursday, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern, as we get you ready for week six of Fantasy Football. Make sure you got all the plays. Make sure you've got everything you need. And then we're off on our way. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back with more after this. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Scott. This is Fantasy Football Rewind. Corey Davis ruled out for week six again for the Titans. And if they don't have Marcus Mariota throwing a ball, I don't know what's going to go on there. Stefan Diggs missed practice on Wednesday, uh, but he's looking like he's going to play. He'll be limited in practice as well uh, the rest of the week. So he is going to play. He won't be 100 cent. You got Case Keenum there. Um, I don't think you can do anything but put him in your lineup. I don't think you have a choice. you got to go and get him in anyways. Let's get back to Jake Sealy and let's go back to the rankings reveal right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Jake joined by Justin Boone of The Score and Chris Meany. I
4: think this could actually be a half-decent week, and even if the yardage isn't there, efficiency-wise and red zone-wise, you know, Crabtree obviously catches a lot of touchdowns. Mentioned him already, but maybe Amari Cooper wakes up. Who knows? Um, I think there a
3: transplant <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I think there there could be a chance that, uh, assuming he plays, and we do, that uh, Carr could sneak into some lineups as a low end QB one this week.
5: As Carr, you talk about efficiency. Carr's, I mean, his completion percentage is pretty good this year. Imagine what it would be if Cooper can catch some of those balls. Okay, let's get inside the top ten of your quarterback rankings.
3: Yeah, there's Drew Brees at number one, as I alluded to. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers, and Marcus Mariota.
5: Marcus Mariota at 10. I get it. It's a really good matchup. Matt Castle, not good at all. If Castle was playing, how does this affect everybody else uh, in, you know, just receiving court and backfield?
3: Yeah, when we get to the wide receivers and you'll see Rashard Matthews and the rest of them, there's a significant hit across the board. That's and I mean, right. that includes DeMarco Murray and everybody involved. It's just the fact of what you're going to project yardage and down the projections is a waterfall effect, as Justin knows. As you do it and you have what the team's going to do, and it takes yards away from Murray, takes touchdown opportunities away from the receivers, so everybody's going to drop
4: across the board. Yeah, And it seems like Carr feels like he's – a. Pretty good chance of playing this week. Mariota is the one that we kind of don't know yet. also seems to be leaning that way, but not totally sure. So definitely something that we got to watch all week.
5: You just got to wonder, too, with the hamstring. And you know Marcus Merritta loves to run the ball. He moves around a lot. He had a couple rushing touchdowns uh, last time we saw him when he suffered the hamstring injury. Deshaun Watson at five. I mean, this is the big talking point, right? Deshaun Watson, he's been unbelievable. Ten total touchdowns in his last two games. He passed the test, I think, against KC. You know, some garbage time scores and whatnot. But he's still moving around, making things happen. QB QB one for sure for you the rest of the way?
3: Mm, the rest of the way this is a different conversation here because I still think just like Carson Wentz last year, we're going to see the NFL adjust to him, and that's my concern for the second half is that he starts to fall back because even watching those games, he could – this is going to sound crazy – he could have even better numbers because there were some throws that are still showing the flaws in his game, similar to Jameis Winston when he came out of college. Both of them had the very similar decision-making interceptions – kind of this, like that's the issues with them and the skill is there it's just the decision making which we've actually seen james winston revert back to this year so i just worry that the nfl is going to adjust to him like they did with carson wentz last year and we see him take a step back now is he probably still in the qb1 conversation because of the rushing ability and averaging 40 plus yards a game absolutely but i think he's more of a lower end one and if he was put it this way if he's facing like the steelers or the seahawks or the broncos like those kind of defenses I wouldn't call him a QB1 that week. I, I don't think we've seen enough to say for certain. He's it basically matchup proof.
5: Yeah, well, we'll see a game soon for him in Seattle that's coming up on the schedule. That will be the big test, just like Jared Goff and the Rams had against Seattle, which they didn't really do anything against that team.
4: I think one of the things, too, with Watson, and I know – when it, we come to projecting everything, this has nothing to do with projections, but in fantasy, sometimes we forget to have fun with it, right? Right. And isn't Watson just fun to watch? Absolutely. Isn't? Isn't he the kind of guy you want on your team and want to watch those Texans games and yeah. be rooting for those five touchdown performances? Well, I mean,
5: he's got a great weapon in DeAndre Hopkins, who is wide receiver one, who's second in the league in targets. The run game looks good. Fuller has two scores, in, or four scores in two games since he's been back. And Watson, as you mentioned, Jake, he moves around. He's averaging 37 yards per game on the ground. It's like starting with a touchdown. It's a pretty good floor.
4: As much as we love, Streaming, you know, do you really want to start guys like Josh McCowan or whatever when you could roll Watson out there and sort of enjoy yeah. the game that you're watching on Sunday?
5: I've seen like Breeze and Ryan and Cousins and Newton get traded in my leagues recently, and that's Watson owners picking up Watson, rolling with him, getting more in return for a bigger name. Is that something you would do, Jake? Are you still hesitant? I understand that defenses are going to try to adjust. I mean, yeah, we saw it with Carson Wentz. Sure, he didn't have the weapons that you know, Watson has right now. And this is a pretty good matchup against Cleveland, so I understand the top five here. But do you understand that? Would you like that move at all? I mean, it's tough to trade a big name like Breeze or a Matt Ryan. But if you have Watson, I mean, it's a pretty good floor. And I feel comfortable playing.
3: No, I'm, I'm trading away, Watson. I'm selling high if I can. And I know that you talked about that. But if, yeah, put it this way, if the Eagles had Lane Johnson, you know this, I'm taking Carson Wentz over him the rest of the season just because I know that we've got the year behind Wentz. We've also got similar talent now this year for Wentz. I just look at it again. It's just a lot of questions with a rookie quarterback. We've gone down this road before and seen what happens when the NFL starts to realize how to stop the guy. And similar, to, I, I told you on the radio, the similar comparison I keep drawing is Robert Griffin in his rookie year. The difference is Robert Griffin was rushing for 800 yards. Yeah. Sean Watson, that four to 500 range, still great. But if he starts to have that adjustment where he's not throwing as well, I just again, I'm going to take the Carson Wentz's of the world. I'll absolutely trade them away from Matt Ryan right now. Kirk Cousins, the quarterbacks that we know and that are going to be
4: pass-heavy, I'll definitely take those guys. And when you're talking about sell high, you're not going to get any higher than back-to-back 40-point performances. Right. So. I wonder
5: what you could what you could get <laughs> for him. Certainly, if I had Watson, I would I would flirt with what I could get. And, Find you know. that
3: Roethlisberger. So straight up, as you just mentioned, the other way to getting Breeze to for get Watson, breeze. I would do that a thousand times over.
5: Yeah. I would rather Breeze as well. I would uh, agree. Certainly. Um, but Watson, you're right. What he's doing, it's, it's fun to watch. It's Can I cert- give you the Breeze
3: numbers, speaking of which, now?
5: Yeah, give me the Breeze <laughs> numbers, and I want to hear about Matt Ryan. I know it's Matt Ryan, but this guy really has been pretty disappointing this year.
3: So the Breeze numbers since 2008 coming out of the bye. Are you ready for these numbers? Averaging 364 passing yards, 3.2 touchdowns, and 25.5 fantasy points. If you take the home-slash-dome games coming out of the bye, It's 382, 3.6, and 27.6 per game. That's it? That's insane. (laughs) (laughs)
5: That is insane. Uh, I have him as my number one quarterback this week. You...
4: After that, he might be moving up a spot for me. <laughs>
5: who, who, who do you have uh, at one? Is it Brady? I have
4: Brady at one. Uh, I have Rodgers at two, and actually I have Breeze at three. Um, and with Rodgers in that tough matchup, maybe I will consider putting Breeze ahead of him. Yeah. Put at number one. Those numbers are ridiculous. Rodgers, <laughs>
5: for Rodgers, his last three trips to Minnesota, averaging 211 yards per game, they've all been right around that same mark. He still ends up with about a couple touchdowns, it's about 17 to 20 fantasy points. Matt Ryan, though, I mean, yeah, he's been fine. That's why we don't draft quarterbacks this early. But certainly the numbers this year, and we expected that. I mean, he had one of the best offenses of all time last sure. season. But things are not going well so far this season for him. And a guy like Julio Jones, and these guys haven't connected yet. We're going to see it this week?
3: I think so. Here's the thing is we all knew that the touchdown efficiency from last year wasn't going to repeat because it was one of the highest ever. I, I think the comparison, I remember who tweeted it, so credit to whoever it was, but said the last time somebody had that offense with that kind of touchdown efficiency was Peyton Manning's 50-plus touchdown season that year that he had. So the year after that, yeah, I think Peyton Manning only had like 30 something that year. I don't remember off the top of my head exactly, but that was the point they were bringing up. Now the, the, the good news is Matt Ryan has gone so far in the other direction that it's the touchdown inefficiency can't stay this bad for how much he's still passing, how much of the yardage is just still there, and Julio Jones, as you mentioned, hasn't even scored yet. So the good news is that similar to baseball with the regression of you know pitching to X fit for everybody that doesn't know what this is for football wise, <laughs> but you know he's. He's pitching better. He's pitching better than what we see. He's throwing better than what we've seen. Yeah, unlucky.
2: There he is, Jake Sealy. Quarterbacks, running backs. He got it done, my man, Jake Sealy. Justin Boone, and of course Chris Meany. Ranking down everything you need to get for Week Six in fantasy football. Great stuff from them guys. Absolutely getting it done. Other things that we need to be aware of coming into week six and where we'll be looking and who we'll be seeing and who we'll be putting. Are you guys ready for your fantasy basketball drafts? Are you guys taking a look at your fantasy basketball drafts? I'll tell you what. I got one on Sunday night. I'm fired up about it. Little hoops. We're going to be, course, playing Daily Fantasy. I don't... Daily Fantasy is the first season-long that's actually passed. Uh, Daily Fantasy basketball that's passed, I believe, the season-long play. I think the other leagues, there's still more season-long players. But Daily Fantasy, really, when it comes into play, it's amazing. Fantasy basketball. I got a draft Sunday night with Frank Stanfield, Mike Florio, who you guys hear on Fantasy BFFs. I think... Uh, Susmania might be in the league as well. As we get you ready and we get you prepared for knocking it out of the park, I don't know my pick until uh, an hour before the draft. I like that. I like the leagues that you wait. And I would even do it an hour. I would just wait till like the draft goes. Here you go, bang! This is what we want here. This is what you need. That's how I would look at it. You know what I'm saying? Little something, something. See how it's gonna roll. How I'm gonna put our teams together. Like this is the greatest thing ever. I'm fired up about it.
4: It would be great if human beings were great at being human.
2: Yes, it the whole would. Of
4: mankind, were made up of kind women and kind men.
2: Kind women and kind it men. Would be I don't know where they come from. I haven't run into Lenny lately. Have you run into kind women or kind men? anywhere lately because if you did you're ahead of the game you listen to Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network my name is Tony Sicana we're going to take a quick break we'll come back and we'll get more week six information for you make sure you got it all make sure you got what you need so stay tuned for more Fantasy Football Rewind Sports Radio Network. Here is my guy Gary and Thorne with Pat Fitzmaurice from Sports Illustrated as they break down their sleepers and bus for week six in the National Football League. Get fired up about it. My man Gary and Thorne is in the house. On the fantasy football rewind of
6: the rotation,
2: I'm Gary and Thorne.
6: And as we inch closer to week six of the fantasy football season, we have to start looking at the week six rankings specifically for this week and maybe some weeks going forward. We got to look towards the back end of those rankings and possibly find some sleeper candidates you guys can fill into your lineups at running back, at wide receiver, even at tight end, specifically for week six. That's of the utmost importance because injuries have been the talk of the football town so far this year. So to help me out with some of these back-end dudes who might be in store for big weeks this upcoming Sunday, we turn to Pat Fitzmaurice of Sports Illustrated and The Football Girl. Right now, the number two overall ranker by accuracy for fantasy pros. Congratulations on the fantastic season so far, Pat.
1: Oh, thanks, Gary, and I appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, the carnage with the injuries has just been horrible, and uh, I'm getting that too. I think pretty much everyone is. It's it's funny some of the names that are going to be trotted out in the lineups this week. Uh, you know, Ricardo Lewis, Roger Lewis, pretty much a lot of guys named Lewis at wide receiver, all sorts of uh, interesting running back candidates. So, yeah, it is uh, it is just gory out there.
6: Well, even just to have Aaron Jones inside your own personal top 10 at running back, uh, these are your standard ranks for week six, which you can see up in full at thefootballgirl.com or up on Fantasy Pros. I mean, Jones coming off a fantastic week. No one can deny that. 19 carries, 125 yards, and a touchdown against the Cowboys. Played 88% of snaps in that game for the Packers. So clearly, Aaron Jones has garnered some fantasy value even when Ty Montgomery comes back. We now know Aaron Jones is one of the elite handcuffs in all of football and one of the best offenses in all of football. But specifically for Week 6, there's still a couple questions that obviously have to go with this ranking of Aaron Jones. And maybe some of your fellow rankers up at Fantasy Pros, because right now he is the consensus running back 16 up on Fantasy Pros. Maybe they are still waiting to see some of the answers to these questions. So I wanted to see how some of these things might affect this ranking as we get closer to Sunday, Pat, uh, number one, do you expect Ty Montgomery to play? Number two, if he is going to play, would Ty Montgomery sort of just inherit this ranking? And number three, are we maybe undervaluing this Viking defense a little bit considering they've been so stingy to running backs so far this season? The fewest fantasy points to running backs in PPR settings at the very least for any NFC defense so far this season. So how does this all play out in your mind when it comes to Aaron Jones?
1: Well, so, Gary, and this is definitely working on the assumption that uh, Ty Montgomery's out. You know, if we get news otherwise, I would have to adjust the rankings accordingly. Um, but, you know, typically the multiple fractured ribs is a, a multi-week injury. You know, most guys are, are not back uh, in the, the second game after it happens. So I, I do think Ty's going to be on. Plus, with Aaron Jones, you know, filling in so well, I don't think the Packers are really stressed on this. Decision at all, and if there's any sort of risk of internal injury to Ty, it really pays off for them to be safe, uh, you know, hold him out at least one more week. Um, you know, I, I think we've seen that it's going to be um, the Aaron Jones show if Ty is out. Jamal Williams hasn't really shown anything. I think he's got a long gain of six yards in all of his preseason and regular season carries combined, which is almost like 40 carries. So it's, it's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, and he's really a volume play, which, uh, you know, it, it does account for Minnesota having a good defense. They're going to be at home. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I, I think they're seventh against the run right now and only giving up like 3.3 yards per carry. But uh, playing running back with Aaron Rodgers does make things a little bit easier. You're not going to see stacked boxes. Um, you know, you've obviously got to honor the pass. With Aaron Rodgers and, and not play a real aggressive um, scheme against him attacking the line of scrimmage uh, you know the defenses have to sit back on their heels a little bit which I think will play to Jones advantage um, you know I just as a volume play I think he's a, a pretty good bet for this week and you know I would be you would have to be pretty stacked at running back I think not to be starting him this week
6: yeah I mean the situation as you talk about just playing for that Packer offense and It's become clear, uh, even however the Ty Montgomery injury ends up breaking down. And there's an argument to be made that you could be a little optimistic about even week seven, considering the Packers' bye falls on week eight. Uh, Maybe they just decide Ty Montgomery needs to sit until then, give him the extra week. And that week seven game is against the Saints. So uh, any Aaron Jones owners right now might be very, very happy prorating this a little farther forward than week six. But... Just one of those ideal situations for a handcuff running back. I mean, I, I talked about this yesterday. I brought up this Andy Reid sort of point. But the one reason we were always salivating over whoever Jamal Charles' backup was, or I guess this season, I mean, Kareem Hunt wasn't Jamal Charles' backup, but the backup running back in Kansas City, is we knew regardless of who that person was, they were going to become the bell cow in this offense. Seems like maybe Mike McCarthy is uh, liking to run that sort of offense. So, That Green Bay Packer RV, 2 could be an important position moving forward. Uh, Let's talk about the New York Giants who – oh, sorry, Pat, go ahead.
1: uh, I I didn't address one of the things you asked about, what if Ty does come back. Um, You know, and this is not just for this week but long-term. I mean, this week I think they would obviously limit Ty's role a little bit with the injury and and probably give Jones a majority of the snaps even if Ty does play. But going forward, I mean, I think this is going to be some sort of timeshare. Like, I don't think Ty gets the, the job back. Entire, entirely to himself, you know, and he was seeing like crazy snap counts in the first couple of weeks. Back when Jones was buried, um, you know, I, I think they knew that Ty was obviously a much better option than Jamal Williams, and uh, you know, with Jones playing behind Williams temporarily, you know, they didn't really realize what they had there. But uh, going forward, I, I think it's going to be something, you know, in the ballpark of a 50-50 split.
6: Oh, well, there you go. And that would obviously heavily affect Ty Montgomery's value, who, uh, as you mentioned, some of the snap counts and the percentages he was racking up the early weeks of the season were uh, somewhat ridiculous. Uh, we move to the Giants now, and uh, they, they don't lack necessarily a depth chart full of running backs. It's just a question of the quality of the running backs first and foremost, and then the health of these running backs right now. And you have Wayne Gallman as your RB19 in standard formats this week. Uh, The consensus rank is far lower on him. RB 36 as we sit here on Wednesday. Part of that could be that he's Wayne Gallman. Part of that could be that he plays for the New York Giants who right now, we don't even know who's lining up the skill positions for the Giants in week six. And part of that could be they have to go to Denver who has just had a ferocious running defense so far this season the only team in football yet to allow a rushing touchdown they've only allowed one 50-yard rusher this season that was melvin gordon week one and that was not exactly a beautiful running game for melvin gordon in that contest i mean orleans darkwell we don't know his status he left last week with a calf injury paul perkins practiced a little bit last week obviously did not suit up with that rib injury Like, if Wayne Gallman is the only running back here, is that kind of the only argument for Wayne Gallman, that he might just have 20-plus carries even in a bad matchup?
1: Yeah, definitely a volume play. And uh, before we get into him, Gary, and I have to ask you, I mean, is this guy in the wrong sport? Shouldn't he be in the NHL with a name like Wayne Gallman rather than the NFL?
6: Kind of sounds like it, doesn't
1: it? Like, he should be a defenseman for the Islanders instead of a running back to the Giants or something. Might, but, might be
6: uh, a, uh, a more optimistic career path at this point, honestly. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I know this ranking seems a little bit crazy. Um, the Giants obviously just decimated with their wide receivers. They're on the road in Denver against the league's top-ranked run defense. Um, and I know it's kind of dangerous to predict game scripts here, but... You know, the Giants are going to need Gallman, I think, to help Eli survive this one. Their receivers aren't going to be able to get open against Aqib Talib, Chris Harris Jr., and Bradley Roby, you know, with these guys who weren't even, you know, on the active roster or even on the team a couple of weeks ago. Um, You know, they can't just have Eli sit in the pocket and hope that those turnstiles they have masquerading as offensive tackles can block Von Miller and the rest of the Denver pass rush. I mean, that's just suicide for Eli. So I think Gallman touches it 20 or more times. Um, you know, Shane Vereen hasn't been getting a lot of snaps. He, he just doesn't seem to be a guy the coaching staff has a lot of confidence in. You mentioned Darkwell with the cap injury last week, and he was dealing with back problems before that. And frankly, I don't think he's very good, even if he is able to play. So I, I do think Gallman's going to uh, take a, a kind of take command of this backfield this week and, and play You know, well over 50% of the snaps. Um, he's looked pretty good to me so far. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, he's not really an electric runner, but he's, uh, you know, he certainly no Kareem Hunt or even Aaron Jones, but, you know, productive kind of workman like, uh, grinder who can also catch passes. I think he had over 20 receptions in all this season, at Clemson, um, you know, and I think the giants are really going to need to lean on him to help move the chains, control the clock, get Eli out of Denver alive. Um, you know, the, the Broncos have played great against running backs so far. You know, they've shut down some really good ones Zeke Elliott. Uh, you mentioned Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy. But is it an elite run defense? I mean, maybe, maybe not. You know, we've got a four game sample, really sample size. Granted, it's a really sample size, this wasn't He's even an average run down defense down last, last year. So, like, I'm not. Yeah. Completely running away from this matchup just yet. You know, it's, it's not a good one, but, uh, you know, with the volume that I think we're going to see from Gallman this week, I think he's still a pretty reasonable play. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of asking myself in this ranking, like, who would I play Gallman over? And it's, it's not just a hypothetical for me. I've got him um, in, in a 16 team league where. You know, it's you're kind of pressed for depth and everything. I I think I'm actually playing him over Gillisley this
2: week. I'll tell you what. I think Pat Fitzmaurice has lost his mind a little bit there on Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman, he has as the 19th-ranked running back. I get it on volume, and there's not enough backs getting a bunch of uh, work. But Shane Varine's still going to be there to get pass catching. So Gallman's going to be a running back trying to run against Denver. Yeah, they're going to try to keep it close, but they're going to get behind. They're going to have to throw the ball regardless of that. It's going to be ugly. So I don't understand how he's the 19th running back at all. That's the rotation with Gary and Thorne. They are absolutely getting it done, and we're getting it done on Fantasy Football Rewind. We're going to come back and finish it off, so stay tuned for more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Network. My name is Tony Cicada. We are here absolutely getting it done. And I'll tell you what, Fantasy Football Rewind. Check us out every Monday through Thursday right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can check us out each and every Monday through Thursday, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. is Fantasy Football Rewind. Fantasy Sports News Desk, of course, is on from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So four hours coming. We'll go around the... National Football League, giving you everything you got and everything you need. And then next week, with the NBA starting, remember, we'll be giving you all the DFS plays on the lineup blog show brought to you by DailyRoto.com, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. And make sure you tune in for that live on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Catch myself, Matt Modica, from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Actually is not it. It's just Saturday. Saturdays four to six. Saturday's four to six. Can't get it four to six. Sunday morning before you put your lineups in, make sure you listen to the show, and we'll have you ready and prepared for week six of the fantasy football season. And then Sunday morning, of course, the line of block show is on from nine to one o'clock when the games kick off. I am on the ten o'clock hour giving you fantasy football plays. So that's it, fantasy football rewind. We wrap it up, we take it out tight, and we make sure you got everything you need each and every week so you can be successful in DFS and season long and anything you're going to play involving football. Hell, sometimes we give you survivor picks and points against the point spread. We're here as a full service provider giving you everything you need. I'm Tony Sincata, I'm here getting it done. We're out of here.
3: Does your family.